shit. That's well, all in Ohio. Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy. Joined by Master Distiller Sean Rigsby. And I it's I just saw Sean two days ago on here. This is kind of rough for me. But you know, we'll be all right. I'll get through. Um, you know, we're grateful enough to be joined by another master distiller, um, season two, uh, winner of the Gin Craze episode. Um, Master Distiller Jason, welcome to the Thanks. show, my man. How Honor you doing? to have you here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the invite. Anytime, anytime. Anytime. Like I can say, man, anytime I can look at somebody other than Sean, I'm I'm good with that. I'm not much prettier, but I'm a little prettier. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't big, pretty, but you might be good, okay? That's a big word. That's a big word. <laughs> we, we don't throw very that word term. around here. Yeah, we don't throw that word around here very often. Like, we know we're ugly, so we. that's why. You're better off to listen to us on Spotify as opposed to watching us on YouTube. You don't have to see our faces. So. Right. <laughs> faces made for radio, if you That's will. right. That's right. Face for radio. Hey, first and foremost, I do want to say that's a badass hat you got on. Hey, it would, look, it would look better if it had a curved bill. Yeah, yeah I all, knew you well, were going to say that. We're all about curved bills around here. so <laughs> I knew it. Hey, I've seen Shua. Shua wears a, a flat bill here and there. No. Uh, <laughs> she was an interesting He's got my respect. Yeah, she was all right sometimes. I've never actually met Shua. Um, um, I I follow him online and stuff, and and you know, uh, smart dude. I mean, he like the guy knows the science for sure. He uh, he's a lot shorter than you think he might. He would be. This ain't yeah. Shua. Wait, this ain't the Shua episode. Moving yeah. on from Shua. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. My bad. Still love I you, Shua. Take- Still love you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this, this is the Master Store Jason episode, you know. That's right. So what you drinking on, Sean? Show me that Bushlight Apple. Since you wasn't drinking on nothing uh, Saturday Mountain morning. Mountain Dew. I'm drinking on the same thing. Man. Mountain Dew and Coke. Mountain Dew and, and Coke. If I get wound up, I got a little water here. Yeah, it's probably for the better this evening. Um, Fair enough. I channeled my inner buddy Hooch. I got some bourbon and Coke. You know. Bourbon and Coke. Yeah. There you go. Um, I'm drinking the, uh, make fun of me if you will, but it's ginger and whiskey. Um, but I got the, uh, the jar next to me. So, Hey man, sounds like liquor in the glass. It don't matter this, what it is. This is my, uh, this is my hundred percent wheat whiskey Ooh, man. that is smooth and sat in a, a six gallon cask for a little over a year now. Where are you at? <laughs> I, here, I, I like some wheat, man. I, hey, I ain't got no problem driving, man. I like some wheat, so you know. I'm yeah, it's it's too. I'm cool with yeah. that. Puts me farther away from you, so yeah. <laughs> man, starting to hurt my feelings uh, one of these days. Never, gotta have That's them right. first. You, you ain't shitting. There so. you go. So anyway, uh, talking about wheat whiskey, what's uh? What what did you first start out making ever? Like what was your oh, first? Oh man. Record? Um the first thing I ever made was probably I think it was just a straight corn whiskey. Um I think I probably had a little uh barley around because I'm a I'm a beer brewer. That's how I got into this whole thing, is that I was making beer and I mean I I take everything everything entirely too far that it needs to go when I start a little hobby. So <laughs> That's you know, a dude thing. started out as buckets of beer, and then I quit for about 15 years because I said, you know, no way. 
uh, I want to do better, right? So yep. now I've got like two 15-gallon conical stainless steel fermenters and glycol chillers, and it, it's gone way, way down the rabbit hole. But that being said, I've always had some barley floating around, whether it's some two-row or whatever. But uh, uh, it was it was corn and and I'll probably a little two-row barley. Um, and <laughs> it's a funny story. I uh, I'm a huge golfer. I love to play golf. Golf so much during the summer and i've got three guys the the metzler boys that i play with all the time shout out to the metzler boys um that i play with all the time and it's uh two brothers and a dad and i you know we'd always have a little drink while we're out there and so i showed up one day with this stuff and said hey try this <laughs> and uh now out here you don't get the look that you would think that probably you guys get when you're like, here, try this. People are thinking about <laughs> rubbing alcohol, right? You know, I hear why I'm here. They're like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah like, see, they, they know all about moonshine around here for the most part. No, you no know? not at all out here. I mean, there's very few people. So uh, the, the, the father, Craig, he, uh, he did some work down in North Carolina and down in that area years ago. Um, and so he grabbed that jar you know, pretty much like that, like right out the gate and he gave it a swig and everybody else gave it a swig and they all turned around and said, Man, that was really good. And I thought, no, you know, it couldn't have been that good. Like I've, I've never drank moonshine. I mean, I've drank beer and I understand how to ferment. I know how to make alcohol. And, and so I just kind of on a whim ran off and did it. Okay. Here we are. Now, did you build your own first still, or I did. you may have bought? Did you? I did. I keg built still? a uh, keg still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so out. I bought a keg still. I watched um, the show earlier today. I, there, I, all right, there you go. I, so I can't. I, I prep a little bit, unlike Sean. <laughs> I prep a little bit sometimes. <laughs> well, so so I <laughs> built this little seven and a half gallon keg still, a little half keg or quarter keg at that point, I guess. Um, and uh, took it. I built the column for it and everything. I did copper all the way across. You know, I was hitting the being all secretive about going to these plumbing stores. And they're like, yeah, yeah, what do you need? You know, like nobody here knows what the hell I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, let's say, you know, let's say uh, Breaking Bad, you don't have to buy all the pieces in different <laughs> no, spots. No, no, you no, go no, in no. and get it all. They don't know. They just think you're doing I, something in your house. So, so I build it. I build it with a little quick little Liebig um, condenser, did my own, you know, thing did all my own soldering. I know nothing about this at this point. Literally, I am looking at the internet and reading and just trying to figure it out. I don't know anybody that does this. So I built that thing, ran that, and then I thought, well, you know, that went really well, so I probably ought to get a bigger still. So <laughs> I built a, uh, I, I doubled it up when I got the full keg, the 15 yeah. gallon, I mean, and mo nice it was all modular, right? right? Yeah. So then the next one I built, I took the big keg and i took the little keg and i made the little keg a thumper and i ran line to that and still ran the same condenser on it and it worked mm -hmm. awesomely um and then it really 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 got out of hand and i was talking to a friend <laughs> and one thing turned into another and we we're like fuck it let's buy a fifty five hundred dollar still so i went out and bought a 25 gallon four plate copper columned beast <laughs> <laughs> for when it's all put together with the gin basket and everything on it it's about 12 feet tall 
Nice. And damn cake skills, cake stills, man. They'll get you. They get you, they get you in cheap and easy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're dropping five grand on a badass rig. Right. And I mean, <laughs> this one, even we, the worst part of this whole thing, I call it my $1,500 paperweight. I have a dual 5,500 watt coil, um, you know, board to run it and everything with the coils and the, the controller and everything for it. And I don't have 220 in my house. Not that I would do that here. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I've got this $1,500 heating paperweight that's been sitting in my garage for just, roughly five years. Just take two, so extension, said, take two extension cords, wire them together, and plug one into each outlet, boom, 220. Oh, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just heard that he would take 500 bucks for it. That's all I heard. Yeah. It, it, it is a paperweight. It's going to cost you more than that to ship it. It's so big. Nah, I mean, this nah. thing's huge. It's insane. Sean don't care. He's got an addiction. Sean, yeah, Sean's got I've a seen, still addiction. So I've seen Sean stills, man. They're he can't, nice. I mean, he can't I say it. no. I love shiny things. <laughs> Me too. I, like I even like that too. Well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like a patina too. So. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like everybody's like, well, it's it doesn't look like very good copper. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because it's all kind of like dull. And I'm like, yeah, it's because we use it. You know? <laughs> Funny how that works, ain't it? Right. Like, like I'm more interested on the inside than I am the outside of it. You know? yep. so, and that's, and whatever. that's, you know, when people start asking about like, you know, the first stills they should get, you know, I'm like, beer keg, man, you can pick up some bitch up yeah. fucking 30 feet, well, pick it up and run it again. And I'm, I mean, I don't want to diss it, but the whole Viver stills or Vever or whatever they're called, man, for what you spend on those, you could build a really great beer kit. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, by the time you buy one of them and you upgrade it to make it a badass right. still, you should have just went with a keg still. Yeah. Or perfect from, from the start. Yeah. You know, and slap my other thing too is is people don't understand the uh the magic of flour paste. Cause that stuff is like concrete. It I is. mean, it is better than anything else you could use. But I tell people that I'm like, oh, it's got a leak. Throw a little of that on there, and they're like, no, 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 that's crazy. You know, they um, they only did it for a couple hundred years. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know anything. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know much, but I know it's tried and true, right? So, um, well, I saw when you was on the show, you said, uh, you know, you're in Utah, right? Uh huh. And you didn't have anybody in Moonshine, nobody in the same interest in, in the Moonshine no. community around you since the show. Have you found anybody? Have you made any, you know, found anybody within, you know, stone's throw distance? Like, hey, man, I finally found, um, finally found me a Moonshine buddy around here. Not really. I mean, I feel like, and I mean, Sean might be able to testify to this, that once you hit TV, you get a few interesting messages via Facebook. Oh, I bet you ain't. I might just be me. I don't know. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I've gotten some interesting offers, and mm, I'm bet. a little secretive of the whole thing. Like, to oh point, yeah, for you know, sure, like, for sure. Like you guys get. I mean, you guys are probably way. It, it's it's more of an issue on your end. I mean, I've met police here that are like, "That's illegal," you know, <laughs> like um. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, like you know, most everywhere. We don't, we don't make liquor at home, so we have no worries. So. Right, right, and you know, I've, you know, I haven't made any in a while. I uh, 
for whatever reason, you know, I've just been busy and, and work and all that stuff. But that's the um, way it goes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've tried to keep it out of the house whenever possible, you know, just to not cause any issues. But here, no, I mean, so to answer your question, sorry, I got off on a tangent. No, I don't mind. I mean, I still don't know anybody. Um, I have met through it a lot of actual uh, commercial distillers. And Salt Lake has really got a great population of micro distillers or small batch distilling going on. Um, I'll shout out right now, Beehive Distilling uh, makes some of the best gin that I've ever had. Um, and I really like gin, clearly. Um, but so, you know, they're great. But there's a lot of them around here that are doing a great job. And they're most of them are pretty happy to talk to you and, you know, kind of pick your brain and back and forth. But you know, then there's kind of that stigma of you taught yourself how to do it in the garage. And they're kind of like, eh, I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about, you know, but you know, once, you know how... once you speak to them and they hear you talk, you, you know, then right. that really opens up their eyes like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree. I mean, what tell them a few recipes. My, my favorite is, hey, you should try this. You know, oh, wow. Where'd you get that? You know, <laughs> yeah funny thing so how long would you say you've been uh all together um not just distilling but brewing all together how long would you say you've been oh man my dad taught me how to brew when i was like 19 or 20 i was brewing with him um and then i would say so i've been doing that and i mean i'm turning 50 this year so probably 20 years 25 years brewing off and on um, I got really serious with it in the last 15, 12 or 15 years. I've gotten really kind of crazy with it. Um, won a few local homebrewing competitions, stuff like that. Um, and Damn, then as far this as guy's on the road, eh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you get you get lucky once in a while, right? You know, you only got to get lucky once. <laughs> um, and then really distilling, uh, probably I'd say a good eight years now. I'll bet. Um, you know, so, but self-taught in pretty much all aspects. So, yeah, I know lots of brewers here in Utah. So Utah's got a ton of brewers. Have um, you, uh, have, have any of those brewers been like, man, I want to start distilling and, and picked your brain about distilling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, those guys. And I, so, I mean, those are probably the ones closest to, to the actual distillers, you know, because, and they're easier, you know, brewers like it's super about how clean you can keep your wort and how clean you mm -hmm. can ferment. And when I tell people specifically, you know, like I'm on, you know, like Sean, we're on a bunch of these forums here and I try to help people out as much as I possibly can with their questions and stuff. Um, Cause I didn't have that option. I think like, I think it was harder eight years ago to get that info, especially in Utah. Yeah. Um, so I love to help people. But when I'm like, yeah, take that airlock off that thing and let her rip, <laughs> you know, like open it up. Yeah, we, and they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. And I'm like, no, 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 you absolutely can. And that's my yeah. favorite part of distilling yes. is the funk, getting a little funk in there. Yeah. So, um, oh, there goes the engine. So, are you, uh, yeah. are you, are you big on any social media platforms at all? Like, you... um, so I'm on Facebook, um, I, I probably hang out there way too often. <laughs> you know? that happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know how it goes. Um, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm, I'm food shooter on Instagram. F O O D S H 
uh, O-O-T-R, no E, food shooter. Um, and I'm also a chef too. So my Instagram is full of food pictures and probably liquor pictures and um, just my daily life, honestly. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an executive chef for a restaurant group here in Salt Lake City and we're getting ready to build a new restaurant. So I'm like constantly just running and shooting pictures and I like to post stuff that's going on or that's cool or whatever's happening. I, I appreciate the segue. And my next question was about you being an executive chef. So, thanks, mate. Read my non, mind. Not scripted at all, guys. Not, not scripted, scripted at all. This that was is, definitely my next live. question. Um, I, I've, I've been doing that forever. I went to, uh, it's kind of funny, actually. I was in the tech industry when I was younger. I worked for the phone company a bunch. Um, I used to climb phone poles and do all that stuff. But at the time, it was a really hellacious time to be in the industry so you'd get laid off here and there um and then i always had started cooking he's starting already are you, are you warming up somebody somebody in the comment section asked for it oh i didn't even i'm, I'm not even on how i gotta open that up um anyway so i kept getting laid off and i always knew how to cook and i'd go back to cooking and finally at one point i was like this is ridiculous Maybe I should just go to culinary school because this seems to be what I do more often than not. So I went to culinary school in Portland, Oregon. I went to a French Le Cordon Bleu school, um, graduated. I did this late, uh, about halfway through my two-year degree. My son was born, and uh, I thought I would never come back to Utah again, quite honestly. I was like, nope, I'm done. I got out. Yeah, you know, and I couldn't find any work in Portland that was worth any money. And I had a buddy here that kept calling me and calling me and calling me. And he's like, man, I got a restaurant opening. You got to come out here, nice. come back to Salt Lake, you know? And I'm like, ah, and finally, I'm like, <laughs> all right, fine. You know, I'll go back. Um, and it's just spiraled out of control since then. I've been the executive chef of four or five restaurants here. Uh, I currently represent a group called Public Coffee Roasters. Um, we have our own roasting. We do our own coffee. And then we have a restaurant and a bunch of cafes. So I just oversee the food for all of them. And we're actually getting ready to open a new one in uh, end of April. Awesome. Now, um, how do you think uh, being, you know, being a chef really affects the different types of flavors that you like to use in your alcohol? You know, like your experience with food, how does that translate into your, your brewing, you know, your brewing and your, you're distilling it's it's a huge part of it i mean i think i think actually that's what helps me excel in in brewing and distilling um specifically gin i mean i think they you probably saw it. they asked me that question on uh, or something like that um on on master distiller and it it's huge i mean knowing how those spices play a part of the alcohol and at what temperatures they're going to do what and extract what oils um it's awesome. I mean, I don't, I think food definitely helps. I think, I don't know, Sean, did you ever meet Mina that was on the show that did the Avacyn? Yeah, I remember the first time I met her, she was pushing in this big ass cart full <laughs> of uh, that, botanicals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that girl, like I picked her brain for a while and this was after the show clearly, but she knows an obscene amount of botanicals. I mean, it's like what she knows about herbs and botanicals, you could fill a book with easily. So shout out to Mina for that one because she's awesome when it comes to that. Um, 
but I mean, being a chef, it, it helps, you know, you like, you understand the, the, the flavor profiles and, and how they work and, and how that transforms. Um, and that's kind of how my gin came about is that, um, I wanted to do something for lack of a better description. I had a little Asian flair to it. So I wanted kind of that citrusy ginger kind of thing going on. And I think in the end, that's what crushed it. You know, I think that's mm -hmm. what won the competition was. Um, and even I think it was, uh, it was Mark or Digger. I can't remember which one I asked after the show was over, but I said, what'd you really think? And he was like, that was something I've never tasted before in my life. And I'm like, well, win, you know, I'm done. <laughs> show me the door. I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> so, you know, uh, was it last year? Yeah. Last summer, uh, I had the pleasure of going and, and running gin with the guy. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you what, it was uh, very different. I've ever really been around a plate still, you know, because apparently I'm a guy, but I've never ran one prior to this past summer. Really? <laughs> a plate still, yeah. They, there, there's a, it's, it's so much different than a, you know, a pot still, because a pot still, you just kind of bring it to temp and let it do its thing, right? Yeah. And, and that plate still, those things are fun. Like they're, they're a learning curve for sure. Um, but there's also that, like people are like, well, it's just been sitting at 170 degrees for six hours, and I'm like, great. <laughs> like, like that's, that's what you want, you know? Like you're, you're running it perfectly. Just do that, you know? Um, yeah. but I think, uh, I think too, you know, if, if you're a pot still guy, you like to fiddle, right? Mm -hmm. You get, you got to mess with it a little and just kind of dial it in. And the cool thing about those plate stills is you hit that condenser and you adjust it from the condenser side and not worry so much about the heat and you can do whatever you want with it. My, my favorite part is that I can flip that thing back into reflux, shut down the distillate let it all compress the heads back up into that that plate for you open it back up and you can go from 140 or you know 130 uh uh proof and kick it all the way back up to 180 like that you know yeah um they're cool they're but yeah they're they're a, a way different little machine to run yeah they are it's uh so do you like what all, i mean what all have you exper experimented with as far as the gin basket on one of them you know, honestly, I've only probably worked with two or three different recipes and they were both, they were all pretty straight up gins. Um, I think the one thing people don't realize about gin is it's not like whiskey where, you know, maybe you make the mash and then you run it once or twice through and you're done. Um, for me to make a good clean gin, I need to take, I generally run a 50 gallon barrel and I that will have to be cut into two different batches to strip. And then once the strip's done, then I combine those again and run it one more time to clean it up. And this is through the foreplay. So now I've technically ran each batch once and then the, the total together one more time. And then I run it with the botanicals because I want that liquor just as clean as I can before it goes through the botanicals. Um, so it's a, a lot more a, a heavier process by far. Um, but as far as the gym basket, I mean, essentially I've just done like a straight London dry through it. I've done my recipe a few times through it. Um, I've thought about doing a rum and then spicing it via that gin basket, but I haven't actually pulled it off yet. So have you tried it or you just kind of 
I have it. Over. It's like something do like it. I always overthink everything before do I do it. You know? <laughs> right. Do it. I, I agree. I think I should. Um, and I'm actually the only way to get finished is to get started. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, I tend to get kind of fall down the rabbit hole on one specific thing. Um, so, you know, it was just one recipe of gin and just trying to perfect yeah. it. And I mean, that was the one that I won with. So I, I must've done all right. My, my, I, just cause I keep thinking about it. My favorite part of that whole episode was when I walked up with just the little bags of stuff to run and, and, and Mark or Digger, one of them was like, so that's all you got. And I mean, like Mike and Lisa had these big bins of stuff and everything was gone. I'm like, I got a little bag here. I'm going to go ahead and finish them off real quick. Yep. Now what, what episode are you, were you on? The gin craze. Okay. okay. What season so, was it? That, season two. Okay, so, so that was the one where we actually uh, tied in the second one, yep. and they'd never had that before. And then we won the third, or I won the third. But, um, but those two were awesome, Mike and Lisa. I mean, you had Big Mike on, yep. a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, um, Big Mike. He's hilarious. That guy is so <laughs> funny. So, do you got any like like story from your time with Big Mike? Like just one Big good Mike. one. Like, come on, we need we need one good. Dirt on Big Mike story. So that... uh, you know, I so I didn't watch him on the show. Did he show you the tattoo? Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we, I mean, he showed us here. That's <laughs> like, uh, I think, God, he was so funny. And then on that during those episodes, because they gave us big, you know, gallon or jugs of uh, like ninety proof corn liquor to start our mashes where start our uh, our baskets with and stuff and so me and mike were throwing that stuff back the whole time we were sitting there off camera <laughs> i was pretty torn up on one of those episodes at one point it was pretty ugly um god i don't know i don't know if i have a mike story he's just so funny yeah, like, i love mike he's hilarious and he's a straight up guy i mean like the way he is on tv and everything he is that way all the time oh yeah yeah He's just a super great guy. And Lisa's super awesome, too. Um, I can tell you a Richard story. You want to hear a Landry story? I got a Landry story for you. I'm always down to hear another, another Landry this one, story. This is my meeting <laughs> with Richard, right? So we're staying at the hotel, and I think it was the same one you guys probably stayed at, Sean. Mm -hmm. So you know how it is. It's got the fire pit out there, and everybody's yep. always out of the fire pit and whatever. And it was the day that we had tied. Um, we had got done shooting, and, I mean, it spread like wildfire that we had tied right and um i had not actually met richard and richard i mean i'm a, a utah boy in pigeon forge tennessee a fish out of water man i mean i didn't know <laughs> what was happening it is a very different vibe down there and i think it's very different no matter where you are but pigeon yeah. forge is its own little thing right and I hopped on this elevator to go back up to my room and I hit my floor and on hopped Richard and he kind of was like stopped at the door and the door closed as I was like trying to go for it. <laughs> and he goes, damn, y'all just fucked with those guys' heads. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> and uh, then I found out that he was actually on the show and he had just come in like he had come in while we were filming we hadn't met or anything yet he found out the whole thing but 
Richard's a great guy too. Funny dude, man. Nice. And and we all hung out every night at that fire pit. And that was a, a super surreal experience of like two or three different episodes all kind of crossing over at the same time and all the people and everybody brought their own jars, which was really cool. Like what, uh, there's a, there was a, a, I don't know what his title is. Craig, you know, Craig, Sean. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. Craig. So Craig <laughs> turned me on to legacy liquor. Shout out yep. to Craig right now. Yep. Craig pulled, I'm not going to say who's, I know but some liquor out of a run of one of the moonshiners, right? He had, I guess he was taught how to do it or with him or something like that, right? And it was legacy corn liquor. And to this day, I have never tasted anything like that in my life. That was some of the best liquor I've ever had. And I got sideways on that stuff because... What, what do you think about the nose on that, though? I liked it. It was a little funky, but that yep. flavor is so good. Like, well, yeah. it's like this sweet and just corn and really great flavor. Um, but that's where my chef thing came in. So I just sat there for three hours picking his brain about this liquor. And then I'm like, hey, you got to give me another little sip of that. Let me try it. And oh, here's your so here's your Mike story. So I got up and told Mike, good night, man, and high-fived him and walked off. And the next morning, he looked at me and said, man, I could have blinded you with some dental dental floss. <laughs> and then I walked off. He's like, did you get back to your room? And I was like, I think so. I don't know. But, you know, but There's your Mike story. I wrapped it all in, in once. Nice. Now, at, at the beginning of the episode, they had you try that uh, London Dry Gin. Mm -hmm. What did you think of that? Um, it was good. I think it was Hendrix. Uh, they never actually told us what it was, but they picked a commercial liquor and we were to try it. And I, I'm pretty sure even Le I think Lisa was kind of agreeing with me, too, that it was Hendrix, um, which was cool because that's what I like. Again, I overthink everything. So when I thought I was going to go on the show and it was like an actual thing. Oh, there goes Sean. He'll be back <laughs> if we get booted out of here, because that's what happened last time. Just click the link and come back. So no worries. Um, so uh, anyway, but we, we, we tried it and both of us thought it was Hendrix. Um, yeah. And, and, and so I had, a, well, that's where I was going is that I was, I had overthought it and studied, you know, uh, London dry gins and old Tom gins and like went to the liquor store and bought some. And I got like a bartender friend here in Salt Lake that knows alcohol, like, everything that's ever been made and he sat down with me and was like well here's this and here's what you taste and da, 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 da. and i just overthought it and went with it seemed to work out I'd so when so. you when you're um trying to come up with a recipe with you say it's all grain do you taste the grains like a lot of old timers um i have and that's from beer brewing um, I think a lot of it is that I know what to expect from some of the grains because I've made so many different beers. Um, and I, I like everything from dark to lagers to whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so you learn a lot of different ones. And then I've got friends out there that um, like run these beer shops and stuff. So they can they kind of tune me into what's new and what's going on. Um, and then actually, you know, we've actually got a, uh, a malting company here in Salt Lake called Solstice that does some really cool stuff. Like 
<laughs> they do one grain that has like a, they call it, I think it's a chocolate cocoa. And it tastes like if you put it in your mouth, it tastes like chocolate and cocoa all together. Um, they do one that they call the. Have you messed with that yet? I did. I made a beer with it. I haven't made. So that's actually something that's on my mind right now is that I'm thinking about doing an all darker grain, like whiskey or something to that effect. Probably a whiskey. Um, yeah. I'd really like to try because like they've got like this one that's a, a chocolate. They've got one that actually has like this marshmallow flavor to it. It's really interesting. But huh. it's also higher up on the yeah. I mean, you're paying like three dollars a pound for that stuff. Yeah, man, it's amazing what some people pay. You know, a lot of people are just like, ah, eh, fuck going to all them uh, brew shops. I'm just gonna hear TSC and get cracked corn. And well, if I'm making corn, that's what I do. I go down to to the farm store and, yeah. and, and buy bags of corn. It works. It's great. It's old school, it, man. That's what I mean. That's corn liquor, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's cheap. I can get a. 50 pounds for like 17 bucks or whatever you know <laughs> like, yeah it's like man, it's 10 50 here it used to be 685 now it's 10 50 yeah. i'll say oh damn, man well i might be getting well i'm in utah again <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Where, I, I take the where you know yeah you take what you can get when you're out in the middle I, i've oh. noticed i've shipped some items and, and when they live out in utah it's double what it is anywhere else because i imagine you know such a you know, probably far off the grid and, and hard to get to. We're, well, we're, 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 we're city folk around here, so. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> I think, like 1,500 miles from you guys, you know. I mean, it's not like a stone's throw. That's why I was trying to explain to somebody that, you know, out there, you can hop all down that southern coast there, or that eastern coast down south, and just go through seven states like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and here, I think Utah north to south is almost five, 600 miles. So, I mean, it's it's a... It's a run, you know, but yeah. Plus, we got all these mountains out here, actual mountains. <laughs> we, we, hey, we got liquor, liquor making mountains around here. So. Well, yeah, yeah, you're, you're winning that battle for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about how you wound up on Moonshiner's Master Distiller. Oh, that's a good story, actually. Um, so. I was working for a company and the second day of COVID uh, I was working for a restaurant company. And our, our main thing was we would produce juice. We were doing like a cold press juice line. Right. And we uh, had been selling like mad. And I think we had 50 or $60,000 of the inventory in a walk-in. Right. And the second day of COVID restaurants throughout the entire city shut down overnight. Um, and Every single one of our orders canceled out. So the next day I got 86 um, laid off. I don't blame them. I mean, they were good people. I understand the situation. Um, so I was on COVID and, and hanging out at the house and trying not to go crazy and watch a master distiller or whatever, or moonshiners and all that. And was on Facebook and saw that, that this company was looking for people that distilled. I thought, well, that's weird. You know, and I looked at it and, you know, I'm like, well, what else have I got to do? You know, I know how to distill a little. So, you know, it ended up being a master distiller. So I sent in a, uh, a resume, essentially. And they, uh, they, nothing really happened. You know, I thought, well, I'm just going to waste some time here. You know, I got nothing better to do anyway. So sent it in about two or three months later, I got a phone call back and they said, hey, we'd like to do a Zoom interview with you. And I said, Okay, sounds cool. 
So we did the little Zoom thing. I don't know how you did it, Sean. It was probably about the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Ish. Yeah, I uh, interviewed for C- or the the pilot episode as well as the oh okay, so you were episode. already on radar. Yeah, as well as season one, and then I never heard anything from either one of those, and then boom, Jake called me and he goes, "Hey man, uh, could you be down here on X next or whatever day it was?" I'm like, well, "Maybe." Right, <laughs> That's right. That's kind of where so- off for me. So yeah, so I I did the Zoom interview and then they they uh, called me about a month, you know nothing happened and then a month or so later I get this another phone call and they said well we want to do kind of a screen test for you you know via all via computer right I'm like okay we can do that so I sat down and talked to uh, I think it was Jess at the time yeah and and uh, did this little interview and she said oh that was fun great we'll give you a call you know and about a month later. Nothing happened. About two months later, I got this call. And they said, well, we'd like you to be, I think it was Creco that called me at this point and said, we'd like you to be a, a second because of COVID and flying and all this craziness. Not everybody could get down there. And they said, I'd like you to have alternates. Right, right. An alternate. Right. <clears throat> so she says, you know, we'd like you to be an alternate. I said, well, great. That sounds cool. She called me about three days later and she says, how soon could you come down to Tennessee? And I'm like, well, I'm not really doing much, you know. Let me consult my uh, secretary and see what I can do. Um, and and then let me literally, ask, let me ask if I could go. Right, and then literally, yep. like like five days later, she was like, I I'm like, when do you want me there? And she's like, um, seven days. And I'm like, uh, sure, why not? Let's do it, you know. So they were really cool. Uh, total shout out to Creco. Yeah, uh, she is one of the coolest hands down um but yeah they flew me out there took care of everything put me in a hotel had you know i had a car pick me up and all that and it's crazy you know it's absolutely crazy the whole thing but it was a lot of fun good deal so um was it what you expected as far as like being uh did you think it was going to be more upbeat or real laid back or so i kind of thought that I'd run out and they were going to like, Hey, here's some stuff, make a run, you know, have a great time, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to be actual work. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like the, I think the first day on the set and I mean, it's a, it's like a 12 set. hours. Yeah. I was there yeah. like over 14 hours and I'm thinking, well, I'll go out and do a little six or seven hour thing and go back to the hotel and kick it with the boys and you know, whatever. And, and no, it's work. I mean, we were down there 10 days. And I think we were on set five or six or whatever. And then I think we had, you know, every three days had a day off or something. And then the last day it was a free for all. And then they fly you back or, you know, run you back to Knoxville and ship you out, you know, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. So, uh, let's see if, well, well, if you had to make your own drink, that was clear. What would it be? Would it be a grain? Would it be a brandy? A gin? Sugar shine? I, you know, I only make sugar shine if I'm going to make gin. I got to be honest, because it's super easy to just yep. and cheaper, and as much labor as I have to put into it. So sugar shine is not really my gig. Um, I love gin. 
I think gin's probably one of my absolute favorites. And then whiskey, bourbon, a hard second. Um, those are two my two favorites. I love to do grain. I think grain's the easiest one to make. Um, other, and, and, you know, I'm lucky because I have like a 30-gallon mash ton and I have two 40-gallon kettles because of all the beer I brew. So, like, I, I have the tools, which makes it a lot easier. That's one thing that I will tell anybody that wants to get into this or in brewing or any of that is that buy the right thing. Because, I mean, you're eventually going to have to buy the right thing. You're going to figure it out. You're just going to spend twice as much money getting there um, yeah. or twice as much work, you know. So I have a really nice 30-gallon mash ton with a false bottom. So it is built for grain. Um, and it's super easy you know uh so i love to run grain because grain's really easy to me it's just like making beer i don't have to worry about being as clean as beer i can yep. get a little dirty with it and let it get a little funky so i mean i really like whiskey is probably my favorite this wheat whiskey i make is probably my absolute favorite drink honestly next to gin <laughs> now um do you ferment on or off the grain off grain i think there's kind of two reasons, I think, and this I this is strictly from what I've learned, and it has nothing to do with what anybody <laughs> says. Right? Hey, hey, we but all do we all do it our own way, and that's why I ask you that question because your your brewing background, and I want to know how you do it, and then that way, you know, we just like to hear how everybody does it their own way because obviously it works. Sure, so. you know how the internet's get. Uh, we, get don't give, we don't give a shit what the internet, internet thinks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care what they think, man. Like, um, I, I do, I ferment off grain because I have read and experienced that fermenting on grain, you get a, some off flavors in there you don't want. I like to have a very clean, controlled mash. And so I will mash in it right, usually right on the 150 mark, right in that area. Um, and sometimes I'll even step mash where I'll start at 125 or 130, step it up to 140, step it up to 150. And, and do maybe like a 15 or 20 minute rest in each spot. And then that way you can really extract a lot of the, the, the sugars from that. Um, but I prefer grain. I don't like to ferment on it. Um, and it's, it's easier for me in the end. Because I have the mash ton, I can drain it straight out through that mash ton. I don't have to worry about a sump pump or clogging anything up on the process. Um, so, I mean, really in the end, it's probably more ease of use than anything. Um, but off grain, it's a preference thing. It's just like yeah. anything else. It's a preference thing, you know? Sure. And the right tools help, right? I mean, oh, if, if, oh it makes your life easier. You're going to use it. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, I just open up the bottom and kick the pump on and it just, you know, and all the grain stays over there and all the liquid goes yep. in there, you know, so it's you, perfect. you got what you need. You know, it's not like. Like if it was me, I'd be dumping it through a strainer. I'd do it the hard way. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, so right. I'm like, oh, man, leave that grain in there. That's good flavor. Leave it in yeah, there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. Now, <laughs> yeah. I will say this. Um, I've done some fruit mashes where I didn't use grain, um, and I will throw a few handfuls of grain into that mash while it's fermenting because I want that. It's a little nutrition factor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I've noticed for sure, and especially if I'm doing a sugar wash, I will absolutely throw a couple of pounds of grain in that because what I want to do is give that sugar a little food 
and try to keep that pH from hitting the crash. Yep. And I mean, anybody that knows sugar wash that's done a sugar wash knows how fast it will crash. It's kind of like throwing nutrients in there. You're throwing in some food. Right, right. Yeah. Just, just keep it happy, you know, keep it happy. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I've got, I usually have a few pounds of grain at the very least on me. Um, so it's easy for me. So now that we're kind of on the nutrient thing, I know it's not nutrient, but uh, what kind of a yeast guy are you? Um, Red yeast, native uh, yeast, man, turbo you yeast. Are ask, you are asking all the questions today, aren't you, Sean? Sean wants to start fights. I can see what's happening right now. <laughs> well, man, hey, I got Sean's back on this have, one. Man. Um, we just. We just want to learn about you. That's all. We're <laughs> yeah, man, there's, there's no other reasons. So <laughs> you I'm don't have s- to say if you don't want to say you don't. Have no, to. Next, no question. Next, next question. I absolutely <laughs> will. So if I'm brewing beer, I brew a very beer specific yeast, and there yeah. are thousands of them out there. Yep. Um, and crazy enough, people don't realize that there are also thousands of distilling yeasts out there too. Um, and it depends how again how deep down the rabbit hole do you mm-hmm. want to go. So if you go to White Labs uh, Yeast Company, you can find them online. They have a library of yeasts, which I'll throw some knowledge out there. You can get on a list and get a yeast that's a couple hundred years old because it's frozen and they only make so much of it every once in a while. So they don't want to like just flood the market in it Mm. and they don't want it to die out. So they freeze it. And then when they get the list big enough, they'll go ahead and make a batch and send it out to you. Um, now what I like to use, if I'm making whiskey, I'll usually use a daddy. Um, if I'm doing, uh, anything with fruit in it, I'll probably use a 50, 50 mix of 11, 18 and daddy. Um, if I, I, I've used a little bread yeast. I like it. It's a very interesting flavor. Um, I think it makes it more moonshine. You know, like, um, but I will tell you, I will never, unless I am putting fuel in my truck, use turbo yeast ever. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not a turbo guy. I just, it's not my deal. Um, you know, my biggest complaint about distilling and the people that distill is the fact that they so- want to do something that takes time <laughs> as fast as they can. Yeah. I, I don't and, understand it. And, you know, it's it's like cooking meat, man. You got to take your time. You got to be slow with it, and it's got to be right. You know, you can't rush it. You can't rush perfection. No, you know, we we I all mean, strive for perfection, and that's what we want. Whenever we make a mash, we run right. our still. Let me let me stop you right there. You can't. You should have it perfected in two years. Go on. <laughs> We're, you you'll get your soapbox here at the end, Sean. You'll get your soapbox here at the end. Oh, the I, I, I'm talking about there us as, us as home distillers, you know. As we <laughs> we want we want to perfect our craft, you know. We want what we make to be the best we can make it because it's got our love and, and our name on it, you know. And you yep. let people you care about try it, so Keep we want on. we want to make the as best as possible. Right, but I think there's there's those there's the two different groups, right? There's the group that wants to make a really nice product and show it off to all their boys, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the group that wants to make it right now and get hammered. You know? <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with getting hammered. Don't get me wrong. Now, but 
that that would have been me if I knew about moonshining when I was in my teens and twenties. That would have been me. Get it done and get it in me. <laughs> you know? I I probably bought a few police cars when I was younger. So yeah, I know what you mean. Like I, that's I, just how it is. I managed to get in some trouble drinking back in the day, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just I just want to make a quality product, and that's what I've always wanted to make, and I want to make something that represents like my time you know mm-hmm. what i mean like we put a lot of time into this oh yeah not, you don't just flip a switch and it comes out the other end you yeah, know it's, I mean, it's I definitely okay. yeah blood sweat and tears it's definitely blood sweat tears and love and, <laughs> it's, and it's a it's a craft like mm-hmm. i think people forget that this is a craft like it's just yeah. like grandma making a quilt or whatever yep. it's yep. a craft. alan bishop always told me we're not curing cancer here no making alcohol right right all right like no well i was gonna say nobody lives or dies but yeah like, <laughs> nine out of ten times nobody dies you know i mean hey been close a few times Man, i'll tell you or, what i'll tell you jim about killed me once i told that story won't go there again <laughs> but, um, i remember one time when i first got this four plate and i got a little comfortable right and I had it in this uh, this warehouse. It was really, well, I say warehouse. It was very small. They called it a warehouse. It was a very small building, like a little bigger than a shed, basically. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm, like, sitting back, watching TV, waiting for it to heat up. And I do one of these. I'm like, what's that smell? And I turn around, and there are vapors, like, visually at the ceiling i'm like oh my god and i was like turn it turn the condenser on turn everything off because i was trying to heat it up real quick you know and yeah. then kick all the water on trying to save a little water and oh man got, got too hot too quick start started too, vaporizing right, start, started running. <laughs> been there yeah. all of a sudden you got a you got a house bomb but. yeah exactly you know yeah, insurance doesn't like cover that. that where i uh, i had a jet burner man that's i told you about that easy didn't i you might have, but you know how it is, man. Tell me again. Well, I had a jet. It was a dual jet burner. It had two jets on it. Well, I lit one for whatever reason. I'm standing there, letting this thing fucking run, and my eyes start burning. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? Well, come to realize that back one didn't get lit. This <laughs> <laughs> is propane. propane. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. I've never been drinking. <laughs> going to sleep's going to be easy, but waking up's going to be hard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not good. You live and you learn. So, yeah. easy way. I'm sure. Well, my, a- I'm sure my buddy Noble will like that story because he's a propane guy. <laughs> oh, I use propane too. I mean, to this day, I'm still using propane. One day when I get a 220 circuit somewhere, I'll I'll plug in my paperweight. But hey, you know, till two one tens. Hey. I love, I have nothing against this. My electrician, if he's watching this right now, he's like, God, don't listen to this guy. No, no, I, that's what I'm doing. What you do is you make you a 220 uh, extension cord and you hook it up right on the line where it comes into the house with some jumper cables. Yeah. <laughs> Free electricity, you know? That's t- probably how I get the police called. Yeah. But- on, on, on today's Still Talking, bad electrician advice. <laughs> No, it, it's here. crazy. I mean, you you gotta learn, man, right? You gotta you gotta learn a little, and and you gotta make mistakes here and there. Like I get it. Just don't make the ones that blow you up. You know, those yeah. are the really bad mistakes. That's yeah. what I always tell people. If you're wanting to get into the hobby, 
do it as safe as you can. You know, I always recommend clamp stills. Oh, you yeah. know, that way you ain't got to worry about pace, nothing like that. If right, do- right, right, right. Well, and that's why I don't really like those Chinese, those Vever stills, you know. I mean, I feel like they're just, if you don't know what you're looking for when you buy one of those, it could get a little janky on you. You know, I mean, you you might they, have a giant yeah. leak and have no idea that it's there, you know. They, they have one model that is, you know, they have one, they got a few models and one of them, uh, they should discontinue. Well, <laughs> I, well, we'll I'm hoping nobody that I'm talking to is but, someone though. Sorry, I uh, should uh, probably... The, we don't make no money off of them. We don't care. Uh-huh. But, you know, before before we get out of here, Sean's got another question for you. Uh-oh. So when's your liquor coming out? It's a great question, Sean. Sean, have I ever told you about my buddy that went on the prices Right, won a car, and the car never showed up? <laughs> no, sir. Ask me about him sometime. <laughs> I have no idea when my liquor's coming out, Sean, because... After two going on three years, Sugarland still hasn't made it. So there's yep. the answer for you. Hey, you know that everybody keeps asking, and we just don't know what to tell them. Well, um, I can, I can tell them that I've sent my recipe three times, and when I say my recipe, it's literally in an Excel spreadsheet, and I can adjust it to how many gallons they want to make, and it adjusts everything. So, I mean, it's not for lack of my end trying. Let's put it that way. Now, and I, I keep up with social media. You know, I'm, 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 I try to stay on all platforms. And there's been an explosion of it's trending where people want to know where master distillers jars are. You know, yeah. people, are, people are, are, I think they're fed up and they're tired of waiting. Um, there's no reason, you know, regardless of what happened, you know. Um, well, I mean, that, I don't. That, you know, you guys should should know a little bit more than you do. You know, my um, thing is, for sure, point, just do the right thing. Right. Like, look, I, I have nothing against Moonshiners. I got nothing against um, the production company or Creco or Digger or Mark or any of those guys. But there's an obvious breakdown here somewhere, yeah. and the head seems to stop at Sugarlands. Yeah, so yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I, I I don't think people should be uh, should take it out on Discovery Channel or Magilla, no, uh, no, beca- no. because they they did their part, you know. Like I Absolutely. feel like they did their part. They put together the best entertainment they could, and I feel like you know I enjoy watching it. You know, I find it entertaining, and and I, you know I think Sugarlands has dropped the ball, and maybe it's trending. People want to know where their jars, and you know why is winning not winning, and 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 maybe this is the push that's needed for you guys to get what you deserve. Because let's be let's be for real here. You, Sean, everybody from season two, see all winners who haven't had their jars out yet. It's way past time, and they deserve them. You know, you deserve yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. You want it. Um, get what you earned, and that's why you put yourself out there. And so, get what you deserve. Right, and and to be completely clear, like I've had this question asked of me a couple of times that like there's a lot of money in this. There's no money in this. Mm-hmm. Like I get. This tiny little cut of those jars that are made. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the money. It has absolutely nothing to do with money. It has to do with I want to see my jar with with my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> you that, know that, what I'm it's it's what you were promised and it's what it's what you deserve. You know, it's absolutely. what you signed up for. It's what you deserve. And you know, it, it's it's been too long coming and, and you know, I can feel the tension brewing on, on social media with these guys. 
who are big fans of the show, who love what you guys do and right. what you've accomplished. And we just want to see your jar. You know, we want to go, to, we want to go to your, your release. We want to party it up. We want to buy your jar. If we can get one before they're gone. Um, that's just, it's what we want. It's right. what we want. It's what we want as fans. You know, you, you talk about it, you talk about it. And, you know, like, and two years, Sean's been waiting and we go to Sugarlands and what do they got? They got a new vodka out. And it's like, oh, what a, what a kick Chip, in the dick. Chipper you know? Jones or whatever's and, going on, right? Like, Yeah, and I give, you know, I give Sean a lot of shit about when's your jar coming out, you know, or, or busting his balls about it. And that's only to, so it's like, hey, everybody keep it in your mind that, you know, these people are still waiting and they've been waiting patiently. Right, and it's not funny. It stops being funny after a it, while. It does. Right, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I had a friend that knows I'm into liquor and stuff, an old friend of mine, and she brought over for Christmas two jars, right? And she says, I saw this at the liquor store and it said moonshine on it. So I thought, you know, you might be into this. And it was two Sugarland jars. <laughs> and I thought she was trolling me for a minute. And I'm like, oh, real funny. And she was like, what? What? You know, and I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's who's supposed to be making my liquor. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have that. Uh, well, yeah. You know, you do what you do. Is yeah. what it is, right? Uh, exactly right. And what's funny is I'm not trying to change the subject, but uh, Tim Jones said, "Tim Jones said hello." Oh, you know, to me? To every to everybody? Oh, on to here. everybody. Yeah. Hey, Tim. You know Tim Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I met him on the set um, when I was down there, actually. He's going to be on either next month or in March. Oh, nice. Yep. Sean's got us booked out for a little bit. So. Nice. <laughs> Good yeah, problem. He's working, he's working for you right now, man. That's all. Something's working. Somebody's hey, got to do it. I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching everything going on the side like there's people paying attention. I like if, it. Uh, if it was up to me, it would just be me and Sean shooting the shit every week. So y'all thank yeah. Sean for, for, the, for the, the quality guests that we get. So it's all Sean's doing. Hey, well, he called me weeks ago, so and I was happy to do it. Thanks nice. for in- inviting me, for sure. Uh, we're definitely honored to have you here. Yeah. Oh no, honor's all mine. <laughs> well, and uh, so, what are your plans aside of Sugarlands and, and the and the uh, you know? I think uh, yeah, yeah. The, the conundrum. Should we just call it the? the yeah, it's always it's that? always like, oh, you won. Are you going to open a distillery? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that, that's all. Do you have dreams of it or, you know, you're um, satisfied? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, coming out of that, I was very hardcore. I mean, I didn't really have anything else going on, so I was very into that whole idea. Uh, Utah is is not the easiest place in the world to do it. Um, just, just to give everybody an idea, uh, in Utah, for a distillery license or, a, or just a liquor license to sell liquor in Utah is a $5,000 yearly license. So it's not the cheapest uh, compared to like Nevada where it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, Nevada, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, difficult. Um, it's not out of my realm. I have people that are definitely interested. And like I said, I'm an executive chef, man. Like I'm, I'm all about restaurants. Uh, a distillery would be really an easy step. like it's a lot harder to be a chef than a distiller i think i don't know i mean i haven't really done it on a mass scale yet but i'm probably wrong you know how that goes 
Um, but as a long-term retirement plan, distillery definitely in my future. That, nice. That's what I would like to do. Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, I, it, you know how it is. I got the bug, man. Yeah. <laughs> in your blood, man. And that's all I can, that, that's, that's yeah. all it was. That, yeah, that first, it's the first strip, that first strip out of the worm, and you're hooked. Oh God, the minute you like see, I was I was watching uh, uh, what's what was her name, Casey, right? That you guys had last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Cass, yeah. we had on Saturday. Yeah, and her talking about like to see people's face when uh when they try it, and I'm like, that's me, you know, like I want to see that look, and you can tell right there. They don't even have to answer, right? Yeah. You know, like you could tell, like they're like, Ugh, you know, and you're like, oh, that's good. Like you just lied to me. What? Yeah, you, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, that's that was me giving it to my uh, buddies golfing, you know, where I'm like watching their face and they take a drink and I'm like, ooh, they do like it. You know, what's going on there? Yeah. But yep. yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bug to it. It's just like the brewing and being a chef and cooking and golfing and whatever, man. It, I mean, it's it's yeah. any hobby a guy gets into. If he enjoys it just a little bit, then he's going oh. he, he's going balls to the walls and. You know, we're we're pumping everything we in into it, making the old lady mad. We don't even care. Like, I spilled mash in my room. Don't come in here. <laughs> and, you know, I've got that because you love it. So I got that addictive personality too, where like if I get a little taste of something I like, it just it's it goes oh, downhill yeah. from there. You know, like it's just <laughs> all over. I couldn't do hardcore drugs because I know, like I know, like nah, man, I can't do that. Like, I, if I like something, it's too much. Why do you think I'm fat? So. But yeah, right. Like, I got, I got. I would like to point out that the, my bitch about master distillers is they add thirty pounds on camera. Like, I, I always say I Sean, Sean, happened, Sean looked but... forty pounds lighter than this. Yeah, I put on a little weight. Yeah. That's that baby my beard weight. got a little thicker. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, yeah. Little, you know, I got that. Too. Some overalls in the mail. I'm like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go on TV. I better shave and look nice, right? And now people are like, you were not master distiller. You don't even look like that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I got. So if if you were called back, would you go back? Man, for the experience, and I'll be honest, for the experience and all the people I met, and Sean and I, full disclosure, Sean and I have never physically met. Because of Master Distiller and because I won and because he won and because we all are, it's like this really weird club, right? Oh, like, yeah. and, and that's how we've hooked up. So we've been talking for years online back and forth and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I would. I Like all things aside, I would go just to do it again and have just a little more fun with it and take a little more chance. Like, I think I should have gone in there when I had the still building uh, bonus and and built a plate still. And in the back of my mind, I still think, I wish I would have done that. Now, would that be the difference between winning and losing? I don't know. But after winning, I think I would like to take that chance and see. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, absolutely. How about you, Sean? Would you go? He'd go look at him. I probably would. It was fun, right? But yeah, um, I think the contract the would be a little different, though. I'll tell you that. The what? The contract would be different this time around. Oh, We'd be putting uh, a date would, on that thing. I would leave you know? my pen at home. <laughs> <laughs> that, not not that, well. Gila, it'd be cool. Well Gila. said. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah. I I do it. It was fun, man. I met a lot of really cool people. Yeah. And and even to the point of, do you know Steve Trexler? Yep. So Steve, his his uh, I believe it's a stepson, moved out to Salt Lake, right? Never met Steve a day in my life. Steve gets me on Facebook. He's like, man, how is Salt Lake? He's going to move over to here. How's that area? Is he going to be okay? Blah, blah, blah. His, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're good. Come out. Here's my number. If he has a problem, call me. Never yep. met the guy. If his stepson calls me, I'm going to go hook him up, you know? Yep. It's a cool club. Yep. And that's what the community, not even just that part, just everybody in the moonshine uh, industry, you know, whether it's grain or whether it's stills, uh, you know, whatever, it's everybody right. tries to be like that. Towards Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah, and for sure. If if they think somebody's being done wrong, they're not afraid to stand up and voice their opinion about it. And that's what we're seeing with this jar release. And it's wild to see. Like, it's a, it's it's really cool to see, and it's wild to see that all overnight it's like, you know, it goes from a, a discussion between four or five people to all of a sudden it's like, and hopefully you guys it's, are getting phone calls about it. Like, uh, hey, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready. Let's get it done. We're ready. It's ramped up since last night, I'll tell you that. I woke up this morning and went, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I done stepped in it again. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> We live in it. It's all good. So. Man, uh, yeah, and, and that's just it, you know. I mean, it's all these people are doing is asking. Mm-hmm. Right. We just want to know, man. Like, you know, I'll, get an honest answer. Like, I hate gin, but I want to try your show gin. <laughs> you know, I want to try your bottle. I want your bottle. You know, like, I want to have your bottle. I want to have a bottle from everybody there, and I don't care. Like, I want to try it, whether I, I like it or not. I want to try it. So, and I would I, like to have my bottle of multiple. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'd like to just have a couple that I could give to the boys and one to set up on the shelf, you know? Right. Yep. We're going in 10 deep and buying every bottle that they're releasing Sean's. <laughs> I've, I've got tens of followers waiting for my gin to come out. <laughs> tens of followers. Tens of right followers. Right there with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I got to ask you a question just because I found it uh, interesting with me. Have you been like, sitting somewhere and recognized from the show <laughs> yeah a few times um so actually both times we're at work it was kind of funny because i work at a shit factory a lot like mike okay uh, and there was a guy coming in to checking fire extinguishers and he kept fucking looking at me and, and i'm like what the fuck is this dude looking at you know i didn't think two years down the road you know i kind of forgot right <laughs> And uh, so Virgil, I don't know what he's laughing at, but Virgil brought him over. And he goes, hey, this dude's finally figured out who you were. I'm like, he's like, you were on that show. I'm like, oh, yeah. But, yeah, you just kind of don't really think. I mean, you think about it, but you don't. No, no, absolutely. You kind of like it's like I did that two years ago and whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same. I just asked because to me it's really weird. I've been, I, it's happened twice to me. And being in Utah where there's not a lot of that going on, it, I find it interesting. But yeah, the the one time I was sitting in a bar and somebody recognized me, but the one that was I found funny was I got paired up. I was golfing with, got paired up with some guys I didn't know. We're out there and about the eighth hole, this guy looks over and goes, did you ever work here? And I said, no, no, no. And about the ninth hole, he says, well, have you, do you know this person? I said, no, no, no. 
somewhere about the 12th hole. I mean, this goes on for a while. And finally, about the 12th hole, he goes, were you on a distilling show? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then yeah. the funniest part of the whole thing, he's like, can I get a picture? And I'm like, of me? Like, sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, but it's really weird. I mean, to me, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't yeah. make a good movie star. I'm not. Come off the Hillbilly Jam, dude, and it's, people be having you sign shit. Yeah, I see. I don't. I mean, I'd love to come out there and experience it and see the whole place for you'd sure. Have, but... You'd have a good time. You you should you should come out this year. Oh, we're going, we're, we're I going mean, deep. I'm sure, I'd have fun. <laughs> we have too too much fun. Right. <laughs> I had too much fun last year. That's for sure. Right, for sure. But anyway, boys, it's, uh, I think we've kept everybody here long enough. Yeah. Right. So. We uh, this was a great episode. We really appreciate you being on, Jason. Um, no problem. Thank you, boys. Best of luck to you in the future. We look forward to hearing from you again. If you ever need anything? Let me and Sean know. We're always down to help, even though we're not Absolutely. much. Help. We're not much help, but we still like to feel like we can lend a hand if we can. So, well, um, if you're ever lost and in Utah, give me a call. Yeah, if I if I ever venture out that way, if yeah, I'm, it'll if be I'm, a long drive for him because he won't hop in a plane. Hey. I'll get there though. It might take me a few I'll days. <laughs> I'll be flying home by the time you're pulling up. That's all good, man. I get the, I get the experience of driving through all them states and seeing all that stuff. All you see is squares. So right. I'm good with yeah. that. Yeah, I'm used to that being from Ohio. Yeah. Hey, man. Ain't well, no thanks, way you get me in an sure. airplane. So, but uh, we'll be back next Monday at nine o'clock. We're going to have uh, Dustin Dustin Stugart from DRC Stainless on. Yep. So that's going to be a good time. So we'll see all y'all next Monday. And thanks again, Jason. Hope you have a great night. Sean, thanks, hope guys. you have a great night. Um, if, you want to, if you want to chat, stick around, Jason. You don't got to leave. So you're already at home. Hey, <laughs> y'all have a good night. Shine on. Shine on.